you love to travel and save money? Or do you wish you could travel but money is holding you back? You're in the right place. Welcome to the Families Fly Free podcast, where I show you how to fly your family free forever using my simple fly free formula. I'm your host, Lynn Mettler. My family of four has mastered the art of flying free as simply as possible since 2015, and I want to show your family how to do it too. Hey everyone, and welcome back to the Family's Fly Free Podcast, episode number 16. So today we're going to talk about the best days and times to book airfare so that you can save as much as possible. And this includes if you pay in cash or with a credit card, or if you're using points. Now, this especially applies to Southwest Airlines, which is my favorite airline if you want to fly free or fly for less, because they are the only one whose points directly relate to the cash price. So when the cash price goes up or down, their points price goes up or down accordingly as well. They are completely related. So that means that you can pay as few points as possible if you're using points to book your family on a flight if you follow some of these tips. And that is super important because if you want to travel lots of places with your family, you're going to want to pay as few points as possible on every flight, and that's going to allow you to take more trips. So for example, I was just talking with someone about uh, flying American versus Southwest on points and how pretty much on American, you're going to pay 25,000 miles round trip per person between two destinations that aren't within driving distance. So if you're taking a family of four, that's 100,000 miles every time you want to take a trip on American. Whereas on Southwest, now I'm pretty good at hacking out Southwest, but I was able to book us uh, multiple times recently, about 5,000 points or maybe 6,000 points round trip per person. Um, So for example, we flew from Chicago to Las Vegas and then drove into Utah for 5,000 points round trip. And as you could see, we could take five times the trips on Southwest if we're only paying 5,000 points, whereas if we were paying 25,000 points per person on American. So I'm always trying to show you how to take more trips on the same number of points or the same number of dollars with your family so that you can go and experience um, as much as you want to around our country, around the world. So to start off, um, the average price of a round-trip ticket in the U.S. is around $350. So again, that is a hefty price if you're going to be flying um, a family of four, a family of five. You know, you are looking at $1,400 for every time you want to take a vacation. We never want you to pay that. We would prefer that you do it free but I'm going to give you some tips about when to book your flight so that you, again, pay the least possible cash price or the least possible points price. So to start with, you you need to have a sense of what a good fare is to a destination that you want to travel to. So I recommend that you regularly check places that you want to travel 
um, on your preferred airline. So I'm regularly on Southwest looking to see you know, what the current price is to fly to places that are on our list. And over time, I get a sense of what a good price is and what a high price is. So I know when I see a price drop to a certain level that that's a good deal and I should book it um, if I'm able. So it's important to know what's a good deal and what isn't. You know, of course, it's going to be more to go to Europe than it is going to be to fly somewhere um, in the U.S. or somewhere um, close by is going to be less expensive than if you're flying from Boston all the way to California, for example. Okay, so now that you have an idea of how to understand what a good fair price would be, let's talk about best days of the week to book airfare in order to get a good deal. So first of all, Tuesdays are usually the best day to book airfare. And the reason for this is because a lot of people spend their weekends researching and planning their vacations. And so Monday is often the day they end up making their purchase after they've spent that time over the weekend. So for airlines to keep their bookings um, high throughout the rest of the week, they often will have sales or offer special deals on Tuesdays. And so because I follow Southwest closely and I um, let my families fly free members know every time Southwest has a sale and if we think it's a good sale and we list out the best deals, I know that most Southwest sales indeed come out on a Tuesday and they usually run through Thursday. <clears throat> so if you're going to be checking prices, check on Tuesday. Or if you checked a different day of the week, make sure you compare it with what the fare is on Tuesday as well. Also, you want to avoid booking your fare close up on your flight. So about one to three months ahead is best for flights within the U.S., and you definitely don't want to get into 30 days ahead of your flight. That's when you're going to see the price, the fares start to go up. Um, and sometimes even six weeks ahead of your flight. So um, again, keep in mind, probably ideal would be two to three months out to get the best deals within the U.S. Internationally, you can go even further out. So at least two months, all the way up to eight months ahead of your flight internationally is typically the best time to book in order to get the best fare. Now, so in addition to which days to book, we also need to take into consideration which days to actually travel. And again, it's actually cheapest to travel on Tuesday or Wednesday. And, and again, this is because um, these two days tend to have the lowest demand. So Think about, for example, most people taking a weekend trip are going to fly out on Friday and they're probably going to come back on Sunday. Monday has traditionally been the busiest day for business travel. And so it comes out that Tuesday or Wednesdays, and I've been booking six flights a year at least for the last five or six years. And I can tell you that nine times out of 10, my family always flies from Tuesday to Tuesday or Wednesday to Wednesday because the best deals are on that day. 
Now, if you do have a weekend getaway that you need to travel, um, you might see if you can make it work to travel on Saturday where you're going to get a better deal than Friday um, and then come back on Monday as compared to Sunday. So at least compare those options and see if you can get a better deal if you're able to um, manipulate your schedule to, to fly, you know, slightly different days there. You also can consider flying in early morning or even a late night flight to see if that, if you can find cheaper fares, if you do that. And I know for my family, we have done that quite a lot because we want to pay, as I mentioned before, the least possible, because that might allow us to take a whole other trip with what we're saving in points by taking one of these cheaper flights. So um, no one loves to get up at the crack of dawn, but I have to say it actually is pretty awesome to arrive at your destination at like 10 in the morning because you have your whole day ahead of you. So I did that one time to New York City and I got to see the sunrise over the city, which was really cool. And if you think of someplace like Disney, like how awesome is it to get to Disney at 10 and then have the whole rest of the day to check out your resort or go to Disney Springs or um, even go into a park for half a day if you wanted. Now, when it comes to later evening flights, we are will more typically do that because our kids are old enough that they can weather staying up a little bit later. Um, and so that's not a problem. If you have little kids, that might work too. If they're good sleepers, maybe they'll just sleep through it. Um, and it's good to know that actually Southwest does not fly red-eye flights. So we are never flying overnight, um, but we might get in at like midnight or one in the morning, particularly if we're coming from the West Coast. And, and we're fine with doing that to pay less. If you're flying internationally, the best day to fly for the cheapest fares is on Thursday. Um, now let's talk about seasonality too and times of year. And this is a tricky thing for families with kids um, in school um, is, and I am in that situation. So we do have to travel around school calendars and that's when the rest of the world typically has to travel to. And so those times can be uh, busier and thus more expensive. Um, so in terms of times of year, um, January through March and September through November, for most destinations tend to be the low seasons. Now this does not include warm weather destinations, but typically you can find good deals in those seasons because there's not a lot of school travel happening. So for my family, we do try to take full advantage. We get a fall break in October and that is becoming more common in schools around the country, but it's not a consistent week for every school. So they, they might have a fall break at the end of September. It might be the end of October. Ours tends to be mid-October, so we find that that's a really good week for us to travel. It's not usually super busy um, during that week. We also try to take full advantage of summer. Now, um, in terms of the most expensive times to fly, um, you will see airfares start to go up literally on Memorial Day and up or and after and then going through about mid-August, because that is the typical um, times when schools are out of session. So the worst is July. So we always try to start traveling for summer as soon as the kids are out of school, like literally the next day. Um, we've done that to Europe a couple of times um, because you can get some good deals to Europe through about mid-June. And the way I teach flying to Europe on miles in my family's fly-free program 
you you pay the least um, possible miles, which is 26,000 round trip, if you can um, have everything done and be back by about June 15th. So uh, one time we went literally from like May 28th to June 15th. Um, and that gave us a good three weeks in Europe. So, but July is the worst. So if you can try to get your travel in in June um, and even at the beginning of August, though, again, for us with older kids, we find that sports practices tend to start at the end of July and the beginning of August. So that can be a little bit tricky time to travel also. The other most expensive time of year to travel are over the winter holidays, Christmas, New Year's Eve, um, etc. Because the kids are out of school, a lot of people want to go to warm weather destinations because it's cold where they live. So in terms of tricks, in terms of tricks for traveling over the holidays, um, we will often drive over the holidays if I can't get a good deal because I don't want to spend double or triple the points to travel then when I could pay, you know, um, a third of that amount and take the same trip a different time of year. Um, another thing you can try is flying actually on the holiday itself. That tends to be cheaper. And this is not 100% the case. So like one year we were able to go to New York City with a really good deal on Southwest points over Thanksgiving and go to the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. I was able to get some really cheap fares and um, that was an amazing bucket list experience to actually go see the parade live and in person and enjoy all of the holiday things that were going on in the city. Um, now, talking about January through March, um, that does tend to be high season for Florida and the Caribbean and warm weather destinations. <clears throat> So you may want to avoid those places that time of year. Um, September and November, not so much for the Caribbean because you get, <clears throat> get into hurricane season then. So that actually is not a bad time to travel if you make sure you take advantage of um, some sort of travel insurance in case you would need to delay or cancel your trip. And most of the hotels in the Caribbean do have some kind of um, flexible change policy as well. So like if you weren't able to come because of um, a hurricane, they'll either refund you or they'll rebook you at a later date, you know, with no fees because they, they want tourists and, and visitors to come during that season. Um, for Europe, October, November is ideal. Um, because the weather is nice. It's not nearly as busy. You can definitely score some good deals um, that time of year. We did take a cruise in November um, on the Mediterranean. I can tell you it, it does get quite cool there um, in November. So you just want to make sure it's not freezing cold or anything, but you definitely want to have, um, you know, coats and pants and, you know, maybe some light gloves and a hat. Um, depending on, on how the weather is. Um, February through April is also a good time to go and that you get some pretty um, wildflowers uh, during that time of year um, as well if you go. So again, pretty cold in February, but by April, you know, you're getting into some milder weather. So again, not only do you get some good airfare, but it's less crowded and the hotels are going to cost less or be less points as well. Um, in terms of spring break, for families. Um, that can be busy too, because it seems like a lot of the schools have the same spring break. I live in Indiana. It seems like the whole state of Indiana goes down to Florida um, that same week in April for spring break. So I recommend avoiding those typical destinations for spring break. If you can, the Caribbean's going to be busy. Florida's going to be busy. So we've done some different things over the years, like go to Utah. We did that one time and did uh, Bryce Canyon and Zion. 
Um, and it was the weather was perfect at Zion. It was um, very mild during the day. I think we actually got hot. Um, and then it cools off at night. Bryce was cooler, but not freezing. So there was a little bit of snow on the ground, um, but I would say it got into maybe the 50s during the day with sun, which was nice for hiking. We will sometimes do California. Um, though be aware in California, they have, um, they call it the June gloom, where it's often very cloudy um, in May and June, and it sometimes backs up into spring as well. So I think we've been in, been there in April when it was like that. So you may not get those pretty sunny days that you think about in California. Um, it can be very overcast. We were in Santa Barbara um, in early June one time, and we did not see the sun the entire time. Um, so that would be a downside. But again, it's not busy, and the weather is mild. You can do Disneyland, you know, when it's open, lots to see and do in California. You can check out some um, warm weather national parks. Um, that's something you can do over the holidays too. If you go back and listen to my podcast with Ash Nudd about the best national parks to see in winter, she gives some great suggestions of some of the best warm weather parks, you know, in the, in Texas or in Arizona and some in Utah that you can visit that um, are warm and not doable during the summer because they're too hot. Uh, Las Vegas is another one that tends to have um, pretty good weather in over spring break time period. So it's fun to go and hang out at their pool, their amazing resort pools and check out all the different hotels there. You don't have to in any way get into gambling, um, but there's a lot of fun things, free things to do for kids there. Even if you just walk around and explore the city, Costa Rica is another good one. Um, so you can come up with some alternatives and then you maybe do your, your Florida warm weather trip, you know, at a different time of year. So hopefully that helps you with some tips, um, in terms of where to, where you can travel at different times of year and, and get some good deals. And in terms of Disney, um, we try to do it over fall break. And it's still pretty busy most years, um, but it's not as busy as spring break. So, I mean, we don't like to go there in the summer because it's very hot. Um, and we will all, often rotate um, Disney World with Disneyland sometimes on fall break. So Disneyland, and both of them are fantastic because they have Halloween decorations that time of year, which we love. Especially Disneyland does a great job with Halloween. Um, so you might try those over fall break instead of spring break or over the winter holidays, which is Disney World's, again, high season. Um, and even some long weekends in January and February may be another option, too, for going to some warm weather destinations that wouldn't be quite as busy as the winter holiday. So over President's Day weekend in February or Martin Luther King Jr. Day in January are good options where kids are usually out of school um, for a day or two days and, and you can take um, kind of a mini vacation. We did the Dominican Republic um, one year over the Martin Luther King Jr. holiday weekend in January, and that was perfect. So a couple other um, hacks for you in terms of saving on airfare um, is taking advantage of mistake fares. So this is when airlines will accidentally post a fare that's 70 to 99% lower than what they would regularly charge for a particular route. So it literally is a mistake. They last from a couple of minutes to a couple of hours and um, it may allow you to do something like fly in business class for the price of economy or just pay you know pennies on the dollar for um, an airfare for a route to 
you know, a destination that may be on your list. So the the deal with this, though, is you have to know about them and you can take advantage of services like Mighty Travels is one that I recommend, um, which is $8 a month and they will send you mistake fares. You can tell them which destinations are of interest to you and what your home airport is, and they will send you these via text alert or via email um, as soon as they see them so you can try to grab them. Um, Scott's Cheap Flights is another one, and that one is $49 for a year, and they send you regular alerts when there's really good deals um, to destinations on your list. So you have to know about these and you have to be able to grab them quickly. Now, the airlines don't always honor these if it truly is a mistake fare, but if that's the case, they do refund you your money. And typically it takes about two weeks. You want to allow two weeks to see if they're going to honor it or not before you would actually make you know, um, non-refundable travel plans like book your hotel or um, anything else that you might not be able to get your money back. So you want to wait, make sure they honor it. You can also check um, nearby airports to see if there's a better fare um, out of a close airport to you. So we will often drive to Chicago. Um, Southwest now flies out of Midway and O'Hare. So that is an option for us. And we've done that many times because it was a significant savings in points that would allow us to take a whole other trip than if we um, paid extra points to fly out of Indianapolis. So be open to that idea. If you're willing to drive a couple hours um, to save, to be able to take another trip, you can just spend the night at an airport hotel. A lot of times they'll let you leave your car there for a a low fee um, so you don't have to deal with airport parking. And then um, like we can usually fly back to Chicago and drive back the same night. Um, If you're flying Southwest, take advantage of the opportunity there to rebook a fare if it drops um, and get your um, the difference in points back if you paid in points you and you rebook because the points price has dropped from what you originally paid, they will just credit you back the difference in points to your account. We save tens of thousands of points doing this by just continuing to recheck and see if the price has dropped. Um, Save tons. You can also do that if you paid with cash or credit, but if you bought their cheapest fare, you will just get a travel credit that you can use. Um, It expires 12 months from when you originally booked that fare and it has to be used by you or by the person it's attached to. So those aren't ideal, but you might as well get a travel credit than not if the price has gone down because maybe you'll use it in the future. Um, Also, we recommend being open to booking what's cheap from your destination. So um, the way we often do it is we just look and see what are the good deals, what cities can we travel to for the least, from where we are. And sometimes we may need to drive from like that city to somewhere else. Like we did, we flew to Las Vegas and then drove into Utah, or maybe we fly into Denver and we drive over to Vail or Aspen or Telluride. Um, So be open to traveling to what are good deals from your destination. And if you're subscribed to one of those services like Mighty Travels or Scott's Cheap Flights, be open to taking advantage of a deal that pops up all of the sudden to somewhere you would like to go someday and grab it. Um, that is how you're going to score some of the best deals rather than trying to plan out you know, exactly what you're going to do when, because that may not be the best price to that particular place, or it may not be a cheap place to fly from where you are. And again, don't forget to check nearby airports if it's someplace you really want to go, just to make sure and see if there's a better deal um, out of those. So, That is a summary of some tips that you can use uh, in terms of 
what's the best day to book your airfare, what's the best day to travel, and what are the best seasons to go different places um, to pay the least possible. So um, this can really help you be able to take more trips with your family um, rather than just spending the regular old $350 round trip price um, without really trying to save. So thanks for listening today um, to this podcast. And if you want to help spread the word, it would be great if you would rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And please tell friends and family who love to travel um, about the travel saving tips that you get here. And if they want to learn more about how to fly their families free, and I will see you on the next episode. Ready to fly your family free? Come join me inside my Family's Fly Free program where you get my simple step-by-step plan and my personal help so you can make more priceless travel memories with your family before your kids leave home. Visit familiesflyfree.com join. That's familiesflyfree.com join to learn more and get started flying free today.